Are you ready for some more XFL? Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our third podcast. Just like in the first two episodes, we have two guests who are going to talk about two different aspects of the XFL. First, we will go to Florida and talk with Jacob Onietchi. In college, Jacob excelled as a linebacker for the Air Force team, but he missed the NFL draft due to a two-year commitment to the Air Force. Now, Jacob has completed his obligation to serve his country and has been invited to the XFL draft, and he is ready to play pro football. We will talk to Jacob about his journey and his upcoming opportunity to play in the XFL. Then we will go to Dallas, where we will speak with Anthony Miller, Anthony is a Texas-based broadcaster who has joined XFLboard.com as a team reporter for the Dallas Renegades. We will talk about XFL player recruiting, Coach Bob Stoops, and the burgeoning relationship between the Dallas Renegades and the city of Dallas. I call this podcast Future Relationships. It's about the potential of getting people together, players and teams, teams and football fans. Let's get started. I'd like to introduce Jacob Onietchi, a linebacker who last played for Air Force in 2016. After he graduated from the Air Force Academy, he missed the NFL draft because he was obligated to fulfill a mandatory period of military service. He has now done this and is now determined to play professional football. It's a good thing that Jacob has recently been invited to the XFL draft. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, how's it going? Great. So you grew up in Texas. Right. Yes, sir. Houston, Texas. Yep. In Sugarland, to be exact. So you played football in, in Sugarland? Yeah. Um, I played ever since I was actually seven. Um, growing up, I played Little League, um, then went on to middle school and high school, and was fortunate enough to, you know, play at the next level in college. So I've been playing for a while. And did you play any other sports? Or? Um, Actually, yeah, I did. Um, up until... My junior year in high school, I played basketball, ran track as well. Um, I ended up quitting basketball so I could focus more on football, um, you know, my junior year in high school. But um, I played three sports really mainly my whole life and then just honed in on football because it ended up being my, my best sport, I'd say. So you were an all-around athlete? Well, I tried to be at least. Great. Oh, swimming too, swimming too when I was, was younger. <laughs> so you were in the pool too. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was those are good times. So who, who encouraged you to play so many sports? Actually, growing up, I think the, the biggest motivation I had to play sports was my older brother. He, uh, he started off with football as well, um, played Little League football and basketball. And, and I, always, I always looked up to him growing up, I uh, still do look up to him. So he's really the person that got me um, into sports. My mom was always um, really big and pushing me into playing sports as well. Um, she kind of saw the positive impact it had on my life. So, um, you know, growing up and seeing my brother was, was number one. And then, you know, my, my parents obviously encouraged me, encouraging me was number two. Well, great. Give a shout-out to your high school. Which high school did you go to? Hey, shout-out Kepner High School. Y'all my boys from day one. I love y'all. love y'all so much. After high school, you, you played for Air Force. And what made you decide to join the Air Force Academy? Um, You know, my it's, it's kind of funny. Um, my high school career, it was pretty good. Um, leading up into my junior year, I kind of 
had a bunch of offers on the table up until my senior year. So it sounded like, you know, Washington State, Iowa State had offered me going into my senior year. But my senior year, I had a, I got an injury right before the first game. I missed a couple games. And when I came back, I still wasn't 100%. And um, offers started falling off the table, um, which which I'm actually grateful it did because I, I wouldn't have it any other way, um, you know, looking back at it. Um, so my dad, he saw some mail that Air Force had been sending. They had been sending mail for a while. And my dad looked at it one day, and he's like, you know, son, this might be a, a good idea for you to try out. And I looked at him like he was crazy because I'm like, there's no way – I never, it never even crossed my mind to even, I didn't even know what military service academies were in the first place. And sure enough, uh, Coach Steve Russ, he's with the Panthers now actually, um, he came to my high school and was just talking to me about it. And um, honestly, because my dad kind of mentioned it, I was kind of a lot more receptive to it. And so I listened to what he had to say. I ended up taking an official visit and it was really just history from there. Um, yeah, that's that's really the story of, of how that all happened. Well, that's a great story. So in, in 2015, I'm looking at your stats. You started in seven games and you recorded 25 tackles, including 18 yep. assisted. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in Your best game was against Boise State that year. And then in 2016, I guess that was your senior year, right? 2016, yeah, 2016, 2017 season. So you recorded, I see you recorded two sacks as well as 25 unassisted tackles plus 15 assisted for a total of 40 tackles in that year. So mm-hmm. you've had a, a standout year in your senior year. Mm-hmm. And you play the position of linebacker, right? Yeah, it was a, kind of a hybrid linebacker safety type deal that I was doing. And then you graduated from Air Force Academy. And I might, might understand you graduated with a Bachelor of Science in me- Mechanical Engineering? Yes, sir. Um, good times, great times. So you're a linebacker with a mechanical engineering degree. <laughs> yeah, and uh, very little sleep in college. Because you studied so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it, was, it was fun. Well, that's not an easy degree to get, so I, I imagine it's true that you had to work hard to get it. Oh, yeah, and, um, you know, my, my faculty, I, I, I can't thank enough, really, for helping me throughout those times as well. So definitely a testament on their part as well. So my understanding is that you could not be part of the NFL draft because you had to serve two years of military service? Yeah, that that happened. It was, it was kind of a, a crazy story. You know, so going in, so when I was getting recruited to, to play in Air Force, it was actually, it had actually been a longstanding um, rule that before you could play professional sports, going from a service academy, you had to serve at least two years. My junior year, they actually rescinded that rule and told us that we could go and play right away. So I have a, a teammate, actually, Garrett Griffin. Um, from what I remember, he's still with the Saints right now. I, have, I haven't checked in on that. But he was able to, you know, leverage that rule and go right away. And so, I mean, going again to, to the academy, I, I, I never really thought playing professional sports wasn't the first thing on my mind. But when they took the rule away and said, you know, you can, you can potentially – you know, play right away, it kind of, not only me, but, you know, a couple other people in my class, you know, our eyes got kind of, kind of wide, but the opportunity was there. But my senior year, actually the day of the draft, um, I, I found out that we were, um, actually had to go back to the, the two-year rule and that we wouldn't be able to play right away. 
it was it was it was a, a real crazy just a, a crazy um experience timeline you know emotional ups and downs but i mean i tell people all, all the time like I, I i really am not resentful of anything the, the way anything went down you know i mean the two years i've been spending here i'm um, at Eglin air force base it was, it was really been a blessing so i mean it, it would have been nice to be able to you know pursue the dream right away um but at the same time um i think i've grown a lot in these past two years so uh, i i don't think that there's really a a negative to it at, at least in my eyes so I, I think it's fascinating that you you're you're, you're working on an air force base uh, from what i can tell you work as a test engineer for the air force now i know you can't tell everybody exactly <laughs> what you do yeah. But, uh, what what sort of work does that entail? Um. So my squadron, we are um, really a one-stop shop for kind of um, developmental tests for conventional munitions. So I work in the air-to-surface flight, and we coordinate and um, execute various test events for different projects um, for, you know, either improvements to weapons or, or new weapons altogether, kind of along those lines. I think that that's a kind of a general statement of, of what we do all right I'm, I'm sure it's far more i'm sure it's fascinating work now you're getting some opportunities to play professional football and recently you were invited to some nfl minicamp um yeah so coming out of the academy my senior year um so i was getting scouted out by some teams i mean even with that two-year rule coming out last minute um i was fortunate enough to be still invited to the um, green bay packers and new orleans saints um, rookie minicamps um, so I went to those my senior year of the academy, and a year after that, when I was here at Eglin Air Force Base, the Packers invited me back, kind of anticipating the the two year point to hit. So three and all, two, twice with the the Packers, and uh, once with the Saints. And you know, there were there were surreal experiences, but at the same time, they were kind of teasers because. I knew I had a, a period of time to wait before I could even be involved. And uh, this past summer, you attended an XFL showcase, right? Yeah, I did. I, I attended in St. Louis, and I was actually really impressed with, uh, you know, their their what what they seem to be all about. And it was uh, th- through your agent that you got uh, invited to that showcase. Yeah. So my agent and I actually I had a friend that graduated the academy who had a connection with, with somebody um, and kind of told me, told them about my story. And um, they reached out to me and invited me to the to St. Louis one. Actually, it was it was kind of last minute, not last minute, but a month-ish before the St. Louis showcase happened, I, I, I found out that I got an invite to, to that. So That seemed to work out for you because now you've been invited to the XFL draft. Is that right? Uh, yep, yeah, I, I just got that word last week. Um, you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking. I, I actually thought that I, I, I guess I didn't do well enough for, for me to get a call back or an invite back. But, um, yeah, they invited me to the draft pool, and that was, that was super exciting for me. Well, congratulations on that. I appreciate it. The draft is next month. Do you have a preference of which XFL team do you hope drafts you? <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I really couldn't, couldn't say one way or another. Honestly, I feel like it would just be a, a blessing to be in, in, on any team, and whatever team would take me, um, you know, I would, I would, I would go all out for. So, I mean, really, just being a part of the league in general is an honor itself. So, I, I can't really say I have a preference on on what team I'd like to to play for. Well, I guess you being from Sugarland, I guess Houston would be a treat if you got to play in Houston. 
Yeah, I would. I'm sure my mom would be happy about that one. Um, yeah. You gotta make. Yeah, you gotta that's... make. You gotta make your mom happy. <laughs> Got to. Oh uh, no, yeah, it, it it would definitely be cool to, um, you know, connect with with friends and stuff back there. It's been a while since I've, I've been able to to stay in Houston for for an extended period of time. Yeah, that would be fun for you, I'm sure. Do you think the XFL can be your route into the NFL? Um, you know, I, that's that's really tough to tell. Um, you know, I, I really don't. For me, when I'm when I'm in a mindset, I kind of don't. I don't think of something as a route to something. Um, it's just kind of whatever I'm in at that moment, I, I kind of just focus all my attention to it. So I'm sure if I were to do well enough in the XFL, um, you know, the NFL interest could could um, creep in. But for me, it would really just be, you know, you know, whatever team I'd go to, um, I'd hope focus in and, and hone in there. And, you know, if the NFL were to present itself, that would be awesome, you know, but – and it's, it's kind of kind of one step at a time, really. Uh, and, and I'm not really sure, you know, it's kind of unclear really how the NFL and XFL are, are going to be, uh, you know, communicating in, in a sense as well. Yeah, so it's unclear how, how players might be even shared between the leagues or, yeah. or, or the, the ability to transfer. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so you just need to take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. Now, this question was given to me by uh, someone I know, and they uh, they wanted me to ask you whether you follow your old team. How do you, and how do you think Air Forces will do this season? <laughs> you know, I was actually I'm, I'm actually really pleasantly pleasantly surprised by them um, so far. Um, I still know a couple of the guys. Um, it's kind of sad because as I go, I, I start to recognize less and less names on the roster. Um, but uh, they had a really big win against Colorado last weekend. Um, playing Boise State tomorrow, and um, obviously the last two years for them, they they didn't really do well. Um, but it it seems like they they might really have something going this year. So I definitely follow them, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Well, that's great. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, Jacob, and thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me. You know, we hope to see Jacob Oniechi on an XFL roster this coming February. Uh, I I really enjoy that. <laughs> Great. Well, have a good day. <laughs> Thanks. You too. I'd like to welcome Anthony Miller to the podcast. Anthony is a football fan and our XFLboard.com team reporter for the Dallas Renegades. As a former morning sports anchor at KGNC 710 AM in Amarillo, Texas, and a former TV news reporter at KFDX in Wichita Falls, Texas, and KXII in Sherman, Texas, Anthony has a passion for all things sports. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. I appreciate you putting me on the show. Yeah, so I, I'd like to talk to you about the XFL uh, today and, and, and especially about uh, the Dallas Renegades and what's going on there. Now, my understanding is you were an original fan of the original XFL, but you were very young then. Yeah, so I was about 9 or 10 when the XFL started. But what really got my attention was I was growing up in Pennsylvania. I grew up as a hardcore Eagles fan. So football was really starting to become becoming a big part of my life. But also at the same time, I was a mega WWF fan. So when I heard that Vince McMahon was kind of combining those two together, that's what kind of attracted me to it. 
but also at the same time with more football being played, I can watch more of it like on Saturdays instead of, you know, had the option between college football and the XFL. So that was really exciting for me. And I love how all the players can have different nicknames at the back of their jerseys and just the way they shot the games when they have cameras on the field. That really attracted me and got me really excited about it. So it's uh, it, it was an exciting brand of football. And you being a football fan, it you put two plus two together and you were there. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was, it was great to watch as a kid. And, you know, I even look back on it now and watch on YouTube videos and just remember like how awesome it was then. So the next big milestone for the current XFL should, should be the draft, uh, which is rumored to be uh, scheduled for the middle of October. Are you excited for the draft? I think it's going to be a really interesting and exciting experience, especially what they've been talking about with the draft, all the players that have been able to invite, um, I think for me, it's a, it's a great opportunity to be able to see players who maybe were, you know, they were good in college, but maybe couldn't um, get their foot in the door in the NFL. This is a great way for them to, you know, get back into playing football and getting into the league. So I'm super excited about, you know, seeing who's going to be involved in that draft process, how the teams are going to, you know, draft their players, what kind of, you know, what kind of players are they looking to fit into their systems? So it, it's, a, it's, very interesting because it's a new league there's new players and these coaches are trying to find you know players that will fit their style so it will be fascinating to see how they set it up is it going to be set up like the nfl draft or are they going to set it up like the alliance did when they did the quarterback draft first and maybe just and you know they have different avenues that they can take with the draft so it'll be interesting once we hear that announcement what direction they're taking yeah, we're all we're all exciting to hear about, about the draft and how it's going to be uh, the procedure for the draft. Um, yeah, I've heard that from many people that this is something they're waiting to hear from, and they're very excited to uh, to follow along with the draft. Now, the XFL has officially signed one player, Landry Jones. Uh, there were rumors of additional quarterback signings, then everything went silent. So, what do you think happened? I think the focus, to me, the focus has got to be on the draft. And I think it's got to be a combination of they're trying to figure out how they're going to present the draft, what is it going to look like, you know, how much time does each team have to pick. So I think that's got to be the number one priority. I They've already invited, I think, roughly about 150 players that we know of so far. And that list is probably growing as we speak now. So I think the they got players that are interested and are already wanting to play in the XFL. It, so it may be just a matter of, you know, trying to figure out who are those tier one players, um, having to get them signed, but then at the same time, trying to find that all the talent to fill that, you know, the, the draft pool for when they have that draft sometime in October. In your opinion, do you think it'll only be quarterbacks signed as tier one players? I, I think that'd be a mistake if they did that. I think there's a lot of, uh, talented players that are, you know, other positions. I mean, w- one of the biggest names that probably the biggest name, in my opinion, that worked out as the summer showcases was Hakeem Nix. I mean, that's a huge name that he got to work out with Kevin Gilbride and the, the New York Guardians team. I, I really think that's, you know, someone like Hakeem Nix definitely deserves a tier one contract just because of what he did with the Giants in the, you know, from 2000, you know, 2013, 2014, all the success he had. The, I think he had like three seasons with a thousand yards. That's a guy that has had a lot of success in the NFL, and he's only 31 years old, so he still has all the talent in the world to play. So, for some quarterbacks, it depends on who they're able to get. With someone like Landry Jones, 
it's that was kind of a no-brainer. He's a big name, played really well in college. You want to get someone like that um, as a tier one player. Uh, I would even say like other players that are available, like Cardell Jones would be somebody that I would think about with tier one. But at the same time, there's some good offensive defensive players that are available, like Hakeem Nix, that I think they should consider. Of course, the XFL has Landry Jones under contract now. And there was even rumors uh, a few days ago about Landry Jones being sniped by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But of course, he's under contract now for the XFL. So was the XFL lucky to get him under contract uh, so early or in the way they did? Oh, 100%, because I, I, especially what's going on in the NFL right now, the last couple of weeks with all the quarterback injuries from Nick Bowles to Ben Roethlisberger to Drew Brees, there's a lot of teams panicking. I mean, that, that's one thing we've noticed with the NFL. Once their starting quarterback goes down, it, it's, it's an all-out panic on trying to find you know, another quarterback that's going to fit their system. So, I mean, we saw it with Jacksonville. Once they lost Nick Bowles, they traded for Josh Dobbs uh, with Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh a week later loses Ben Roethlisberger for the season. So then they had to start making moves. So with the, the, the injuries piling up at the quarterback position, that's something that has been, you know, probably affecting the XFL a little bit when they're looking at what quarterback they have. So they got to consider themselves lucky that they jumped on Landry Jones. And that may be another reason for the XFL to maybe start considering we need to sign more quarterbacks so that, something like this doesn't happen to them again. So maybe, maybe it's time for them to start pulling the trigger on a few other quarterbacks for those tier one contracts in the next, in the next week or two. Yeah. That would be interesting to see if they started to sign, sign more quarterbacks right away and lock in uh, some more quarterbacks. But I, I imagine that, that some quarterbacks are waiting for a, for a phone call uh, from an NFL team. There's a real push and pull right now with quarterbacks, I would think. Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that goes for a lot of other position players as well with, you know, with injuries always happening in the NFL. I'm sure they're waiting for a call from the NFL as well. So that's why it's imperative that the XFL considers adding, you know, trying to figure out who are the best players and get contracts to them ASAP. Exactly. You know, but I'm, I'm, I am of the belief there's a, there is a lot of good football talent that's unsigned and that's, that's out there waiting to play. But of course, the head coaches and the coaching staff, they must have their eyes on certain types of quarterbacks for what they plan for their team. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, quarterbacks are kind of shaped in different ways from the type of style of play that they had either in college or, you know, playing in the NFL or the Canadian Football League. So, and there's plenty of players that have been in tons of different systems. So it's like you said, there's a ton of talent out there. I mean, there was 1,100, over 1,100 players who were cut from NFL teams after, you know, at the deadline for before the season started. So there's plenty of opportunities for players to go out there and get a contract with the XFL. And I think it's easier for XFL coaches to be able to identify who are the ones that fit their system the best and then reach out to go get them. Right. Now, Dallas, Dallas was the first XFL team to get a head coach, and they hired Bob Stoops of all people. Now, how big was that? It's not only big for the XFL, but I think it's big for Dallas as well. I mean, when you talk about the city of Dallas, it's all about Cowboys here. I mean, it's everything Cowboys, um, you know, from Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. I mean, these these are, you know, the people that they love in, you know, Dallas. So to get someone like Bob Stoops, that's that's amazing for the city because not only – 
you know, Bob Sue's come used to come here once a year with Oklahoma when they played at the Red River uh, shootout with, you know, the Texas Longhorns and Oklahoma playing each other. So he has some familiarity with the city, but also Northern Oklahoma is only three, four hours away from here. So a lot of people have had the opportunity to be able to watch plenty of Oklahoma Sooner games. And with Bob Sue's success, not only was it just a, a home run for the XFL, but it was also a great thing for the city of Dallas as, as well. Well, that's great. It's great to hear that. Now, Stoops is a hard commodity. There's a theme of our interview, and one is rumors. And most recently, it was rumored that he would be sniped by Auburn to be their head coach. What do you think? Is, yeah, there, is, is there anything behind that rumor? Well, you know, it's interesting because that was a rumor last year as well when they thought that uh, Gus Malzahn was on the hot seat as well last season. But then, you know, they had the success they had, and they gave him another shot. So... I, Look, no matter what the XFL, uh, you know, whatever it does, they're always going to um, face the issue of Bob Stoops being sought out by college football teams. Bob Stoops is one of the, the most decorated head coaches in college football history. I mean, he has had numerous 10-plus win seasons, had a lot of success in Oklahoma, led into a national championship in just the second year with them. He, he is going to be a guy that everyone goes after no matter what. So... But I know Bob Stoops has already said that, you know, he doesn't talk to teams that already have head coaches. That's totally respectable. And, you know, I'm sure his focus right now is the XFL. But as long as he's in the XFL, that's something that all of our luck and them are going to have to keep in mind is that college football teams are always going to go after him. And I would see, I would say even NFL teams. I mean, there was a, there was a time where the Cleveland Browns kept going after Bob Stoops and wanted, to, wanted you know, him as a head coach. So they're gonna. That's always going to be a continuing thing, no matter what happens. Certainly, when it comes to having uh, good players or good coaches and successful players and successful coaches, there's a chance that the NFL is going to call their name and and they'll probably answer the call if if the money is there, especially now with the hiring of Landry Jones. Of course, was Landry Jones hired to go with Bob Stoops? Like, was he hired for the Dallas franchise? Do you think that's exactly what happened? It, it would it would be hard to say no to that. I mean, to me, it just feels like it's something the XFL is planning to do to try to link Landry Jones with Bob Stoops. It would totally make sense. I mean, Landry Jones played with Bob Stoops for several years at Oklahoma. He knows he knows the offensive system. They have a relationship. They have a good relationship. So it, it would totally make sense for them to come together. But not only that, that'd be great for the XFL. What a storyline that would be! You know, opening weekend with. Landry Jones playing with his old coach again. I mean, that's, I think that's something the XFL would want to see, and it would add headlines to, uh, you know, to the league when the, you know, as the coming months are happening. So I, I, for me personally, I think a lot of XFL coaches may have a problem with that. But at the same time, I think for the league to be successful, you need to have as many storylines and as many stars as possible. And with Landry Jones and Bob Stoops coming together, that would just be a perfect relationship and perfect for the XFL. So uh, my belief is that that's one of the reasons why they locked Landry Jones into a contract. Uh, Maybe other than the fact that they could, but I think they were really looking at that Bob Stoops-Landry Jones connection and putting it back together, especially to help market the team in, in Dallas. So how well is the city of Dallas embracing the Renegades? It's a, it's been interesting. So I, I know a lot, there's been a lot of positive reaction when it comes down to the team logo and the team name and the color scheme they had. So I think a lot of people in Dallas really like how they put the team together when it comes down to branding. 
But right now, I think Dallas is really focused on the Cowboys season. So um, when they talked about the Renegades, it's, you know, then it's going to be interesting how it all works out. I think a lot of people like the fact that they're playing at Globe Life uh, Park and kind of keeping that stadium alive after the Rangers leave uh, when the season's over. I think it's been a combination of, I think people are just waiting to see what happens. I, I think the, the XFL from 2001 is still on a lot of people's minds when they think the XFL. But I think with adding Oliver Luck and then the hiring of Bob Stoops, it's adding a little more legitimacy to the XFL, which is, I think, got people excited, but still like a little hesitant to see what happens. So I think once the players get on the field and they start playing the game, I think we, I think there's definite potential that there's going to be a lot more excitement added in, especially since Bob Stoops is here in Dallas, who, you know, Bob Stoops is probably the biggest name of the head coaches in the XFL. So that's going to be a major plus for the city. Right, exactly. And and as you pointed out, they, they probably need that plus based on the uh, popularity of the local NFL team. Obviously, the fans are probably going to wait for the NFL season to end before they pay attention to their XFL team. Yeah, especially with the, with the Cowboys the way they are right now. They, they seem to be a team on the rise. They seem to be one of the best teams in the NFL. So... There's a lot of excitement around the Cowboys team, so I think the focus is there. But I think once the season ends, Del, this is a football city. So once the season ends, they're going to turn their attention to the Renegades if they get the, you know, the talent that they have with Bob Stoops there. I think it's going to bring in a ton of fans. Generally, how do you think XFL fans are handling the waiting game right now, waiting for the season? Uh, how many times have I seen on social media with people just getting impatient? I feel like that's been the theme of the XFL the last few months. You know, the XFL does a great job of playing that waiting game and getting and building up the anticipation. I mean, you talk about, you know, the, the team names and logos and how long it took them to, you know, get released after, you know, they said like, okay, we're going to announce it in May, then we're going to announce it in June. And then it was kind of quiet after that. And then finally in August, they made the announcement about a day before that it was going to happen, and there was so much excitement around it. So the XFL does a wonderful job of getting its fans excited, but at the same time, I think fans are ready for things to move forward. But, you know, the XFL's got a timeline. They, you know, they have until February to start the season. So I think they know exactly what they're doing. I think they've had everything planned out the last few months. I think it's just a matter of putting it together and keeping that anticipation uh, going with the fans. Rumor-wise... It sounds like things were planned out because the date for the uh, team identity release was leaked by June Jones, who seems to leak a lot of things. But he leaked that, and it turned out that he was right about the date. And he also leaked that the draft would be on October 15th. So a lot of people are actually thinking, well, maybe June Jones knows when it is, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a great coach. He's one of the coaches that wants to hire Johnny Manziel. Is that right? I know Dallas said they don't want to hire him. Yeah, Daryl Johnson has already, the, uh, the director of player personnel for them, has already said that he has no interest with him. And that's a, that was the same thing he said when he was the general manager of the San Antonio Commanders team in the alliance, was that he said that he did not want anything to do with Johnny Manziel. So he's, he's stuck to that. So. That's something that will never change with Daryl Johnson. I think the off-the-field issues is always something that's going to come back to him. So I think of all the teams, it is safe to say that Johnny Mattel will probably never wear a Dallas Renegades uniform. Yeah, I think that's the that's the only safe thing to say about Johnny Manziel in the XFL. Yeah. 
He could end up anywhere else. We just don't know. As a matter of fact, it would be a real surprise uh, the day that if he is ever hired, I think it would be a real surprise. And, a, and the, there'd be a lot of news about it, I'm sure, that would, it would just rage through the media. It will be interesting because I know that I think June Jones has already said that there's about five or six teams in the XFL themselves that have already expressed interest with him. So I, and I, I know for me personally, I think the best spot for him would be with June Jones because he already has a familiarity with him from their time. Um, in the in the Canadian Football League, so I, I think there's opportunity there for Johnny Manziel, and he's still a big name. I mean, people still remember what he did with Texas A&M in college. So it would make total sense for the XFL to maybe reach out to him and give him an opportunity to play. Now, will he start? I don't know because his play has been really inconsistent the last couple of years, and since he's gone professional with football, it's been kind of an up and down roller coaster ride. But it would be very interesting to see him with the XFL and really develop his play. It would be fun to watch. And a lot of people would probably agree with me that it would be fun to watch uh, the Johnny Manziel show if it comes to the XFL. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today, Anthony. And I know we will be calling on you in future podcasts. And we just love, uh, we love your love of football. Appreciate everything you had to say about uh, the XFL and the Dallas Renegades today, and I know there's more to talk about in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, looking forward to the season starting. Now, people can find you on Twitter at A-N-T-M-I-L-L-40 or AntMill40. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Well, uh, hit up Anthony on Twitter. Follow along. I know he tweets a lot about the XFL, and it's all uh, every every time I see one of his tweets, it's always something really uh, insightful and brings up a lot of good points. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks again to our guests, Jacob Onietchi and Anthony Miller. I hope you enjoyed today's interviews. You are more than welcome to come back next Sunday, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. Mm-hmm.